I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, good. Ella's teeth's falling out. Ella's... What? Mummy, don't get out of my mouth. Well, at last. That's been hanging out by a thread for quite some time. Hello and welcome back to the Broken Trophy Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Stefan. And we're back for another episode. And today, Stefan, you're going to kick off with a quick apology for our absent guests. I am indeed. I am indeed. So we're supposed to be interviewing uh, three three mums who are involved in the uh, in Trojans rugby. But unfortunately, I think the Pinot Griglio got in the way and uh, they, were, they were beyond salvaging for the podcast. They were... Uh, was it, sorry, was, it, uh, was it a messy state at Trojans Rugby Club on uh, well, Saturday night? I was, I was a responsible adult for a change. <laughs> of but, course. Um, we were having a, a, a sleepover for all the girls who play rugby in the under 10s. And uh, they were busy causing havoc in a squash court somewhere. And uh, not <laughs> needing motherly support. So, I, think, um, the girl... I think it's worth just, just um, explaining what, what was the thinking behind the sleepover initially? Because it is quite a good idea, really. And it's probably something that, that could sort of catch on in other sports and other activities in kids' teams, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone does this sort of thing. But it was, um, uh, we've got quite a large group of girls in our, in our squad. But we kind of want to make sure they, they kind of stick together and carry on through into girls' rugby. So we um, arranged a sleepover for them. They were all going to kind of bed down in a squash court at the back of the club, um, do whatever girls do for an evening, uh, a bit of dinner, and then hopefully at some point go to bed. Um, yeah, that kind of happened. Did the, you, um, do you, do you have any insight into what time they did actually get to bed? It definitely gone midnight. Right. That's they not were, too were, bad. They were amazing the next day at training. Oh, how, <laughs> oh so you're training are. on the Sunday. Excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they got changed into their rugby gear out of the squash court, had, had like a bacon sandwich and straight onto the pitch where, yeah, they, they were there in, in body. I bet they were a delight, were they? Oh, they were, in, they were a delight. And also what helps is if, if the main coach has had about three hours sleep all night to sleep <laughs> on the floor outside the squash court, he also has the patience and tolerance levels of Genghis Khan. So... <laughs> No, Excellent. It, was, it was good fun they had a great time um i've now had a night's sleep so i'm <laughs> so you're back but in the yeah. land of the, of the living yeah, but, but, but unfortunately the apologies do come from the ladies who uh who were going to be on the on the show so i thought i'd, I'd introduce them anyway in case they could they get them back on there's name and shame who, uh, yeah there's becky who you can hear before you see when she comes to support her, her daughter play rugby Gemma, my wife who likewise is quite vocal in her support or, or not of things and then Emma Jane, who um, has never played rugby before, but kind of gets into the spirit of it, and really was a ringleader on the uh, on the wine drinking on Saturday. Right. Okay. So, well, so what? <clears throat> excuse me. What we're thinking of doing, or what the plan is for the Broken Trophy podcast going forward in future episodes, we want to speak to people that are involved in um, grassroots sports. Uh, either coaching or just, just parents involved in coach uh, involved in teams, and just get their views on on grassroots sport, the particular sport of their choice, um, and and how they're involved in it and what it means to them. Because I mean, you know, that's why we're doing this podcast. We're we're in that in that boat. We're both involved as coaches, as parents. So that's what we're looking to do in future future episodes. And Stefan, we asked our um, Twitter following, which is bulging by the week now um growing to (laughs) unbelievable levels um (laughs) but we've asked our following on twitter to give us some themes which we're going to sort of explore on future pods so do you want to just run through a few and and maybe 
uh, listeners of this pod, if you've got any ideas of themes you want discussed on the Broken Trophy podcast in the future, then we'll consider them for future episodes. Yeah, we'll do. So we had uh, Naomi, who um, cycled wide runs and live last year. So why are there not more mixed team sports? We already have tennis and badminton, but what about cricket, football, and baseball? Okay. Maybe not rugby. Maybe maybe not rugby though. She says. Um, <laughs> Yeah, interesting concept. Why can't yeah. you, that's, that's a very good point. Why why can't you do it in cricket? Is it well fast bowlers maybe or I don't know. Um, I mean that's probably you would think as a, a sort of non-competitive sport. Sorry, not competitive. Sort of non-contact <laughs> sport. Sorry, <laughs> you just spoiled your whole debate about cricket being. A sport. I know, totally uh, fraud, <laughs> Freudian slip there. No, um, a non-contact sport. I mean, you could in theory see an argument for having play. I mean, certainly players like Sarah Taylor, the ex-England wicketkeeper batsman. I mean, she was classed as the best wicketkeeper batsman in, in world cricket by um, Adam Gilchrist a few years back. Um, you could, I'm, I'm just checking, Tom. Have you written a book about wicketkeeping? I have, actually. Shall we come on to that later? <laughs> <laughs> it is Christmas, Stefan. People might That's want true. a book That's for their true. relatives <laughs> on wicketkeeping. It's called Keeping Up, <laughs> and it's on Amazon. Available, available in all good bookshops. <laughs> No, but Gilly did actually call her the best wicketkeeper batsman around. And, I mean, she did play great cricket in Australia, I believe, um, Sarah Taylor. So, right. I, I suppose the point is, in cricket, you, you could potentially see uh, or, you know, argue a case for having uh, women coming into, into men's team, etc. I think football and rugby, like you said, is probably a little less likely, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. One, one for discussion. We'll get Naomi in for that one. Absolutely. Um, the next one, Dan Power, who is a phenomenal outdoor swimmer. And also a rugby coach. Should it be mandatory to be qualified to at least level two in rugby to coach kids? Now, there's some very, very strong views on Twitter about this, both for and against. Mm. So that could be um, a good one to do. In essence, level two is kind of it's quite um, it's quite a decent qualification at, at rugby level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite a lot of discussion on 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 Twitter around a lot of it, especially in the younger age groups, is about being good with kids and keeping kids engaged and interested. Yeah. Versus level two, which then talks more about strategy of the game, um, yeah. and styles, etc. So again, quite a passionate one. Um, with with a, that, a great coach. So we'll see what he says. With that one, I mean, do you think it's? I suppose the the, the balancing act with grassroots sport is is having enough qualified coaches to be able. You know, if you say right, the bar yeah, is yeah, level two yeah. for every team, then yeah. will you have enough teams? Probably not. It? That's the trouble, isn't it? But yeah, I mean. I, you, you, you want to strive for as many qualified coaches in, in grassroots sport, for sure. Yeah. Next one is from Wayne. So um, Wayne's daughter plays, plays um, in, my, in my team, and he, or he also coaches an age group. Um, he's Welsh, so it's unfortunate, but we'll live with it. Um, so his, Sorry his to Wales. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not big audience space. We're okay. <laughs> it comes second after Scotland. Anyway, his three questions were, why, why be a coach of a kid's sport? Right. Good question. Yeah, very good question. Um, he feels that rugby is a closed shop. And then uh-huh. finally, uh-huh. I, like, I do kind of agree with him on this, what is more annoying than players carrying their kids onto the pitch at the end of a game? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. the World Cup, was, it, was, it was inundated with, 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 that, with um, players bringing their kind of kids onto the pitch. Yeah, it always happens now, doesn't it, to be fair? Yeah. It. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That is a good point. Okay, right. Then we have some more from Dan Power again. He got he got into it. <laughs> our our, uh, our outdoor swimming rugby coach, also an an amazing chef. 
his his food on the barbecue or something else. Right. Well, we need yeah. we know where we need the broken trophy social next summer. Exactly. We don't, if we don't have the uh, the Sam rat for the, the crouch one. Anyway, um, <laughs> his his three other questions were: Why don't they make wetsuits or tri suits for overweight athletes? I concur with this, having been bought about five wetsuits from Wiggle to find one that fits. So I totally, totally agree with him on that. Um, why is it so expensive to enter triathlons, open water swims, runs, and the like? Could there be a cap to encourage participation? Yep. Fair shout. Interesting one. Yep. The finally, my favourite one, really, from him. How do you have to get? How good do you have to get at said events to become a total competitive knob? Right. I, I concur. <laughs> I think having come across many of these competitive so-called. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Simon Matthews. He's an ex-scrum half. Um, coaches with me, but he, uh, yeah, very good, very good sportsman. A classic scrum half. Won't shut up, and always tries to start the training session ten minutes early. So he's, his question is the art of losing. Having spent many years at small schools and small sports clubs. I'm used to losing by big margins. Has it made me a better person stroke player? Wow, that's a really interesting one. And I think especially in the football side of things, personally, yeah. I mean, my personal experience is mainly in football in, in a grassroots perspective. And I think, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think in previous pods, but, um, you know, although it's non-competitive in inverted commas prior sort of under 11s and, and before, it's it's not really and managers players parents all want to win from really from an under eights sort of age really yeah so okay. yeah quite strong views on that i'm sure yeah next one is from mike jarvie who's, who's a swimming coach uh well actually the triathlon coach i think um he's a kiwi which again is unfortunate unfortunate yeah. with it. <laughs> again not a big audience base so far so we're okay um <laughs> His question, and I do quite like this, is what makes a real club supporter? Can you can you be a supporter if you come from another country or a different part of the country? Yes. Um, can you still support that team? Yes. And, but but would people still call you a true supporter? No. <laughs> people, well, I support Man United, and people don't call me a true supporter. You're a glory hunter. No. Look, if you go in my garage and look through my videos, you will <laughs> no. see. You will see. Family show, family show. Not, not those ones. <laughs> no, if you see the Manchester United season review video, 1988 to 89, Jeez. when I think was the season we almost got relegated, then right. you'll know that I'm not just a glory hunter. Come on. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so keep it. So keeping Ole at the wheel or not? Oh, don't. Let's move on. <laughs> I might be a no then. Okay. Um... Is Maurizio still available? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, there's a plethora of managers on the market at the moment. We're doing I Emery, Hugo, well, what's his face? And, David, yeah. and, and Silver's probably gone by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a silly season, isn't it, now? Really? And I, I mean, Watford have always been pretty trigger-happy, haven't they, with their managers yeah. last few seasons? They kept hold of the first guy. Uh, I forget his name from, the, from last season. Sacked him. Brought in Flores. Back for a second stint. Sacked him now. I mean, where do they go from there? Do you reckon Sam Allardyce is, uh, is getting his boots out now, ready? He's thinking, oh, the phone's going to ring any minute now. We're yeah, going to be free, Everton. Dave, David Moyes also. He's probably eyeing up a return to Everton. Yeah. Do you reckon so, Mark Hughes has dusted his, dusted yeah. his suit off? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite a nice life, really, isn't it? I mean, a couple of, <laughs> you know, a year or six months in a job, absolutely hated for that period of time. Good bit of money. 
then you can go off on holiday for six months and come back when the next disaster strikes at another club. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, we've then got the next the next one from, from Mike Jarvie, which was to try and convince you, Tom, that the NFL's a great sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, great sport. I'm not a closed book on this. I, re- I really have tried to watch, uh, you know, the highlight show on BBC with uh, Mark yeah, Chapman. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, do you know what? I, I really enjoy the show because it's Mark Chapman's obviously a genius presenter, broadcaster, etc. And the two guys on there are really good fun. And I, I do I do watch it quite often. But I just, I can't, I can't say, oh, I really look forward to watching some NFL. It's just, you know, it's just not, it hasn't grabbed me yet. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll try our best. Yeah. And then finally from Marcus Coffin, who is um, an amazing coach um, and a prop. So he's, Particularly good looking, as you can well imagine. He, uh, so he's his comment, which obviously belies the fact that he's a rugby coach and not a football coach. Is parent spectator poor behaviour just in football, or is it creeping into other sports? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I replied on this one on Twitter actually because um, my daughter does horse riding as well. How the and, hell um, could horse riding be bad behaviour? Well, this is it. I mean, because I, I literally go along to the stables and watch Ella once a week, and. Um, I haven't got the foggiest idea. You know, the only thing you can sort of get into is, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's running, you know, it's running quickly. It's, ga- what's it? Cantering. It's cantering. The horse is cantering. <laughs> it's running quickly. <laughs> you know, it's jumped a, a, a fence. Brilliant. You can, that's, you can sort of like get that. But, you know, this, the coach is saying, oh, you know, you're on the wrong diagonal and, you know, all these different technical terms about the, the actual nuances of how, this, you know, everything's being done by the rider. And you get some mums that are there going, come on, so-and-so, get, your, get the right diagonal. And yeah, it, it does sort of layer up. They start throwing carrots at the horse. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll look forward honestly, to honestly, horse riding. Honestly, you, 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 think, you may <laughs> scoff. You may scoff. But, All um, the sports you could have picked for poor spectator behaviour. You've gone straight for the Waitrose Iron of horse riding. <laughs> We're yeah. alienating all sorts of demographics tonight. Yeah, yeah. Disastrous. We're going to cut our listening by at least four. One. <laughs> the, um, however, this does remind me, during the Paralympics when they were in London in 2012, myself and Nicola got, got tickets for the horse riding. Right. right. Yep. Weren't quite expecting it, but you're not allowed to clap in case it in case it scares the horses. So you have to wave to show your appreciation. Right. Okay. So if the horse rider does well, yeah, you just got whatever well, however many it was, cut a thousand people, just start waving, looking right. right like this. <laughs> and it's it's the oddest feeling ever because there's no noise, but everyone just kind of starts waving, and it's just it's just weird. That is. Say, the horse riding was great, but it was just a bit odd. That is really odd. And I mean, Ella's actually got a dressage competition this weekend, and it's. It's incredibly, it's incredibly detailed, like how um, the route around the track that she's got to learn and all the moves and all the, yeah, I can't even pretend to understand the, 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 the lingo, but she's doing well. She's, she's studying her, her routine. Melissa, you, you have to be aware the podcast was delayed this evening due to a, uh, an emergency with Ella. Yeah. The, the to- her tooth that she's been wobbling for the last few days has finally come out. I did threaten if she came home from school with it still in her mouth today that I would be forced to push it out myself this evening. Um, but my wife has beaten me to it. She's, <laughs> she's managed to dislodge said tooth uh, after dinner. So there we go. Pliers or, pliers or string? 
I think I think she went straight for the string. Actually, I think the pliers were were in, in reserve, but not not required on this occasion. When we get um, Gemma on the pod, we'll have to get her to explain. She was refereeing an under sevens rugby match, and one of the kids' te- tooth fell out, fell out as he was scoring a try. He picked right. said tooth up, <laughs> and then picked the ball back up again and scored a try. Amazing! Wow, that's that is um, yeah, that's dedicated. Thing is, what's the going rate? What's the going rate now for a tooth? We're talk, I mean, are we talking? Are we talking notes? Are we still in the fifty p's? Or what, what are we talking? I, I think I think a couple of quid is is where it's at. I, don't, I think notes is is ridiculous for a tooth. Surely, do you still have like pound notes in Jersey where you're from or not? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's backfired, doesn't it? Yeah, pound pound notes. In fact, I mean, going back a few years, um, oh God, I listeners get getting your sofa. Here comes a story about Jersey. No, well, it, I met Nigel Ben in the middle of Jersey and uh, I went over to him because I wanted to get his autograph and I, he said, right, well, have you got some paper and a pen? And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. If <laughs> I want your signature. So I looked through my bag, didn't have, didn't have any paper and the only, the only piece of paper I had was a Jersey one pound note. So he signed my Jersey one pound note. That is a, a true story. You kept it? Well, no, I fell on hard times, so I had to spend it. <laughs> I was so skinned <laughs> to spend the quid. Can you believe it? Oh, God. Yeah. Nigel Ben reminds me of a story. It may not be true. I remember reading somewhere that someone asked him if he'd ever watched back any of his fights. Right. And he said, no. He said, I'm waiting to watch them with my daughter's first boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Well, that's good. That oh, well, that's yeah. very good. I mean, that is... You'd be pretty terrified, wouldn't you, if you turned up and it's Nigel Ben's the father-in-law. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> so uh, moving on so weekend sport Stefan what were you up to this weekend uh, we watched well, I watched our daughters play football you, yep. you arrived at the timely moment when it, when it finished I did want to say actually on the on the pod that um, for anyone in Southampton who um, who travels anywhere around the city at the moment it is just the traffic is dreadful but possibly the worst drive you will ever encounter is the one that takes you to Hamble which is where the football match was on Saturday because you were literally stuck in traffic for about an hour not literally not moving more than 100 yards yeah I mean the rest of us made it but that's fine true um, <laughs> yeah, very but, uh... point. okay fair enough <laughs> so it's just me yeah just you <laughs> So, was um, it a good game yeah. though? So it was three two. We lost. Uh, our girls lost, but it was yeah. decent game, decent side handball. Yeah, it's good game. It was first half we were on top. Second half they were. Um, yeah. yeah, it was all right. We had some cracking play in the first half. Second half they seemed to forget what they were doing. Mm. They had some good players. They had a really good goalkeeper and a good striker, which makes a big difference. Mm. And um, yeah, I think we've talked before about having a good goalkeeper at this level does make yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Oh, I mean the girl. The, the, you, I mean we. Um, we've talked a lot, not so much on the pod, but you know at, at the games and stuff. The girls are. It's a really new team, isn't it? I mean they've only started this this year, and I mean this is their first season in a league, and I think that's only their second defeat all season. They've they've done really well, and they've played some good football, haven't they? They have indeed. They have indeed. Yeah. So then after the football, after we finally got out of Hamble, what um what did you do in the afternoon? We had the uh, the, the the kids kind of Christmas party. It was a oh, nice. like Ninja Warrior inflatables um, on water, which was great fun. Oh my, absolutely right. great fun! That sounds excellent. Where was that? Uh, uh, the keys about four, about forty kids, three adults. Fantastic, brilliant. Oh, that sounds you awesome. Could, you could target the children that have been annoying you for the last two months. 
just, you know, throw them in, semi-drown them, etc. And yep. then just generally then just, just have a great time. Excellent. The, uh, it also displayed our, our general level of fitness. The three adults were absolutely knackered after that. <laughs> Quite hard. Really? <laughs> Excellent. Right, it's all good. All good fun, and uh, that's the Christmas party done at least for our age group. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, next next couple of weeks of training training, then we're done for Christmas. Wow, it's soon coming around, isn't it? And have you had any chance to watch any of the cricket in the last few days? England in the second so test boring. against New Zealand. What? It's so boring. It's like a dead rubber. It's not it's a dead just, rubber. It's a, it was a flat trap pitch, from what I understand. It is. Joe it is. Got whatever he did, two hundred odd. Somebody else got quite a lot of runs. Yeah, and Rory Burns. Have we seen, have we seen Fidel Edwards? As, yeah. As tonight. Yeah. Slating route. Yeah, that's surprising from one of Hampshire's finest bowlers for him to absolutely <laughs> go for Joe Root, the England's captain. Properly gone for him. Yeah, totally. I mean, the thing is, I mean, obviously they've lost a bit of play to rain. I'm not sure what the weather's, the forecast wasn't great for today either. So a result was always going to be difficult, especially given it's a bit of a road, the wicket. Um, and Root has been hopelessly out of Nick for a little while now. So he's got to fill his boots, hasn't he? He's got to try and get a big score and, and put himself back into, into Nick before the South Africa tour. You say that, but Australia, Australia didn't, didn't have any sympathy with, with uh, Warner. No, true. And he's, well, he's come good as well, hasn't he? He's got, he's got a triple well, hundred, did, I think, did, this week. Didn't they, did, 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 did they declare before he got near the, uh, the world? Yeah. Yeah, I think, it's only a, I think it was only a couple of runs, or it's, it's very few runs away from Matty Hayden's Australia all-time record um, and they declared because they wanted to move the game on which is fair enough I, you know I think this I watched the uh, morning session yesterday day four and it was pretty turgid it was pretty slow but to be fair they needed to put the game safe before trying to accelerate and and and, and set up a game if you like and like I said with today with rain sort of due it was always a difficult position you don't want to end up on day five, having a, a couple of sessions where you could actually lose the game. So the game, they put the game safe, then they tried to accelerate. I, I think they played the game right, personally. And, and the fact that Root played himself into form, I'm more than happy with that. I guess no one's watching it, so it doesn't matter. Come on, come on. We all love cricket, don't we? We do, sometimes. It's the summer of... It's been the, it's been the year of cricket for England. I mean, it's been a fantastic year of cricket. Um, it's just a shame that it's... Uh, you know, it's sort of ebbing out a little bit as the crowds aren't massive in New Zealand, are they? But never mind, never mind. Root is coming good and that's all that matters. Right, on that note. On that note, on that note, <laughs> we're going to pack up, we're going to call a recess, we're going to go and have an early bath and we'll see you next week for another Broken Trophy podcast. See you later.